0: Imagine being present, calm, and connected while creating a family environment where everyone can thrive.
1: Welcome to the I Am Mom Parenting Podcast, providing inspiration and actionable steps to manifest the meaningful and magical life you desire for you and your family. We are your hosts.
0: Dimple Arora, Founder of Mindful Evolution, and Shaitha Patheali, Founder of
1: Thrive Kids. Thank you for sharing the I Am Mom journey with us. Let's get started. Hello
0: and welcome back. Today's episode is a powerful one. One that will give you insight into a whole other world, the world of human trafficking. Although the exact number of people trafficked in Canada is unknown, there's growing evidence of the widespread occurrence of both international and domestic trafficking. Today's guest will give us insight into this world of human trafficking by addressing its root cause and ways in which we can help combat human trafficking.
1: I'm so, so excited to introduce you to today's leading expert, advocate and trainer on the issue of human trafficking, Kelly Franklin. Kelly, we're so happy to have you here. Kelly is, uh, she's a survivor. She's a best-selling author. She's the founder and chief executive officer of Courage for Freedom, which is a Canadian leading organization that exists to educate, to train, to certify frontline and community service providers on proven strategies and prevention tactics to to serve vulnerable victims of human trafficking and sexual exploitation. Now, Kelly's bio is so long, (laughs) but she has been acknowledged and awarded so many accolades globally as a survivor advocate and activist champion of minor age children and youth. Her teams and their projects have created so much awareness movements and develop so much support for the victim survivors of human trafficking and sexual exploitation and i mean i love i love what the therapy includes like there's equine therapy trauma-informed therapy so many different respected and revered approaches that they use i can't wait for you to hear kelly's story (laughs) Uh, kelly has received so many awards like including the queen elizabeth diamond jubilee medal of honor uh Ontario Provincial Volunteer Medals of Excellence and I can go on and on the list is huge so welcome Kelly. Thank you
2: oh you know what's really funny is when you're old as dirt like I am and you've been around the block a few times and experienced some things and you allow your staff and the volunteers and the survivors you've worked with to write your bio (laughs) you almost wonder who's getting introduced (laughs) but I can tell you that every accolade every award and any acknowledgement that I have received I have only taken representatively for every survivor that's gone ahead of me whose pioneering efforts whose shoulders I'm able to stand on as a platform who I can continue to build forward from for those that are doing the heavy lifting the survivor sisters that are in the grind and in the trenches day to day. And for the victim survivors whose voices I am privileged to be able to amplify, to demand change and move governmental will, create movements and interests that's not Mm fear-based, but highly intelligent and solution focused. So that's the only way that any of those accolades have any importance to me. They don't really matter that much to me Um, other than to give us some more momentum to continue to do do the work and absolutely be unignorable on this issue. So that's, I'm here today. Um, I'm all yours. I don't know where you want to start, but I know where we're going to land is by challenging your listeners to end the buying and selling of girls and boys children in Canada, starting in their local community.
3: that is
0: really powerful it just shows the amount of resilience that you have and how humble you are and the passion you have for serving all of the girls that you represent and all the children that you represent and your story is extremely powerful there is a reason why you are so passionate about this
2: you're gonna make me cry but you know what (laughs) I literally don't even cry anymore. I just leak freely. I, I have no shame, guilt, or embarrassment. Tears are healing. And mm-hmm. sometimes the public needs to see them. So mm-hmm. if I cry and you're uncomfortable with it, if you're you know watching and listening, you need to go get the Kleenex. I'm good to go. I have waterproof
1: mm-hmm. nose. That oh, that, that's, that's beautiful. Because the, those, those tears demonstrate your courage for freedom right and and I have your book I have the book here that I love that I love that courage for freedom transformational life stories of courage hope and resilience I, it's a beautiful read and we do have some copies to give away as well to our listeners that we'll get into so Kelly tell us a little bit about your journey you were a victim how did you how were you groomed back then um
2: pretty much the same tactics except they didn't use social media the way they do today um social media just gives those that are going to uh, coerce, groom lure manipulate and criminalize um, somebody that's innocent and vulnerable Mm -hmm. Um, into a horrific life that they will not even understand and spend their lifetime recovering from. It hasn't changed in that the tactics that are used are psychological. They prey on people's vulnerabilities. And, you know, we could list vulnerabilities, but which one of us today or which one of our young people don't have a vulnerability. So although I could list demographics that are higher risk And they include our Indigenous population, those in community living, anybody with an intellectual disability, anybody that has been through the system, LGBTQ plus two spirited community. I think I got it. If I didn't, please don't write the host, you know, and then there's communities of maybe newcomer populations or those that aren't fluent or literate in any of our two Canadian languages. And anybody that's um, been in child protective services, the foster system, but I really caution people when you talk about these as placing communities in higher risk. Please don't victimize people from these communities blaming them for being higher risk as society we fail to provide um, adequate supports mm-hmm. to allow them uh, to not have a higher measure of risk. So anybody is at risk, that has a vulnerability, that's struggling with anything in their life and is just wanting to be accepted, needed, loved, important, anybody that has a gap to what they need to be receiving, um, anybody that hasn't had the emotional, the physical, the spiritual and intellectual things that they need as a kid. and and which one of us is a teenager, especially. And I'm I'm gonna speak the feminine pronoun, not exclusive, because I have worked with male and victims that identify in other orientations, but the majority of my work is female. And I'm also going to speak uh, specifically to minors, although I work with a lot of adults who were trafficked before Mm -hmm. the age of 19 or had um, precursors, so ACEs, child sexual abuse and trauma, um, previous to being an adult.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So most of the people I work with mental health wise, um, even if they're 24, 25, they could still be presenting in their trauma cycles, like they're 13 to 18. Mm-hmm. So that's how I'm going to speak. And mm-hmm. that's the age that this started to happen to me, I was a victim of child sexual abuse and came from a well-off home was enjoying teenage life had a part-time job had good friends had access to horses nobody knew but what i didn't have was one secure safe adult outside of my parents circle and Mm -hmm. so that's what i advocate for and whether that's young people having a peer or a friend who notices crap about them that maybe they don't want to acknowledge. Mm -hmm. I never thought that what was happening to me was real or relevant or important. And it wasn't until I was 39 years old that I really went back and did a deep dive to be able to say, yes, this happened, start some counseling circles with my recall I'd had lots of counseling and stuff before then
3: Mm -hmm. because
2: I'd been in jail Mm -hmm. you know I'd been incarcerated I was also you know um incarcerated for coerced crimes that I was forced to execute I was also a single parent mom I also had been involved in gangs and communities all across Ontario Mm -hmm. and I was a badass. I was doing life on the installment plan and became addicted to a myriad. I was a cocktail drug user, eventually landing on some really difficult things. And Mm -hmm. so I've, I've been through the mill, but I've lived the rich life. I've been homeless, I've been in jail, and I've come full circle to say, not on my watch. Mm-hmm. This does not need to be happening to our kids. And I guess it was in 2017, I really got incensed along with a 16-year-old survivor. You can see a sign in my background that says Project Honored. And we created that and started the corridor conversations across the province of Ontario.
3: Mm-hmm. Because
2: a 16-year-old got sick and tired of the victimizing posters that didn't represent her would never point anybody to be able to identify or let alone help her mm-hmm. they were vilifying the issue and so we got together across our province we started a movement basically shut down the highways you know everybody came out to join in this project and and the upticks from it were coalitions and governmental responses and movements That have inspired Ontario to develop the best strategy in Canada to tackle this with my friend Jennifer Richardson, who was at the helm and is now just recently moved on as our coordinator. So the community has to step up and we can't base this on fear, we can't vilify the very things that the traffickers will use in their conversations to alienate our kids from us.
1: Either, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so what what does the grooming look like though? I, I'm very interested in knowing. Is it just the girls that are being targeted? And <laughs> I know you mentioned there are male victims as well, but how are our young people recruited these days? Like, what would it look like for a friend to notice? It's nothing that you think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: it is so oh. passive. It is gradual. Traffickers will take up to two years to be grooming somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts by somebody clicking a link to somebody else's post or liking a picture that they put out in socials. Mm-hmm. And they say, hey. And somebody mm-hmm. says, hey, back. That's s- and not knowing who that person is, what their intention is. And so slowly but surely, what somebody does that's looking to traffic is to start looking conversationally to build relationship and then hear vulnerabilities. Mm
3: -hmm. You know, my
2: parents don't understand me. Um, I just want to. Nobody believes me about. I never think that I'm You Mm -hmm. fill in the blank with the insecurities that are natural in teenology 101. Mm -hmm. And that's what somebody is trolling with algorithms on the internet to find. You know, a few years back, we had the TBHs. Do you remember those? The To Be Honest? Oh, yeah. They are horrific. To Be Honest, you know, Mm -hmm. I like you. We like this. We like that. To Be Honest, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that that gives a little too much information for somebody that could target you. And then what they do is they move in and try to meet the need first, emotionally, okay. socially, physically, all kinds of stuff.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: there's a myriad of different kinds of what we call pimps or madams or traffickers also known as managers or boyfriends or girlfriends or daddies and moms yeah. or couples that do this as well and what they're doing is looking for a vulnerability looking for a way to look at as if they're a hero and they care to meet the needs and then they slowly but surely move them away from any barrier to be able to completely isolate them Mm
3: -hmm. and
2: once they're completely isolated they start to drop their guard they'll send nudes they'll they'll do videos or send images and sometimes and sometimes it's not even that sometimes it's in person you know but once somebody has some of your stuff Mm -hmm. they can really control you especially if you're ashamed or feel guilty about whatever's going to go out publicly and so they use that piece they use that psychological manipulation and in the meantime can you two remember being teen girls (laughs) And having a crush on somebody Mm -hmm. and how real those emotions are and how raw, you know, you're test driving estrogen is basically (laughs) what you're doing. Mm
3: -hmm. And
2: you're like full bore with estrogen at a young age and your brain is not fully developed to understand if somebody's trying to harm you. The frontal lobe is where we process information and we uh, mitigate risk. And the cerebral cortex in the back is where we decision make about our actions and our activities. And until someone's 24 to 26, depending on their, you know, cognitive behavioral development and their neurology and anything in their past that traumatically already fried some neurotransmitters, the wiring between the front and the back are forming. Mm -hmm. And yet we're expecting young people to know when somebody is potentially going to harm them while the estrogen dopamine is flowing and overriding any thoughts of safety.
3: Yes.
2: And what ends up happening is they become fully entrenched in the idea of being loved, being cared for, that nobody else understands them, that nobody else is going to care that they just it's party life. You know, they just want to party, they they just want to Netflix and links, they want to link and Netflix to go have sex with somebody. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And that culture, that youth culture that is being eroded, not from morality, but from confidence. Mm -hmm. To have confidence to decide how you want to live.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, it's being pulled out from under those that are most vulnerable that they're having to succumb and then once they cross that line they're done they're pulled over and then the cycle and we call them entrenchment cycles so what happens is they become enmeshed they get pulled in you know and people are thinking well isn't anybody noticing they're going missing yeah sometimes they're doing a car call in a parking lot outside the school while they have lunch for an hour Sometimes they get taken to a hotel for two hours after school.
3: Mm-hmm. When it
2: starts, they, they, they're taken out and they go home and they're taught how to lie and say where they are and how to time stamp their photos to show their girlfriend's sleepover house or whatever. You just, you know, think of how creative you were when you were a youth and then multiply that, that somebody that's a criminal is giving them information mm-hmm. so that they don't get caught. And, you know, there's that thing too, that it's kind of cool, although it isn't, they tell themselves that and it's kind of dangerous. And there's that adrenal rush, you know, there's all of that. And in the moment, um, you know, working, you know, close to 550 survivors now since 2013, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: there isn't one that couldn't point, (laughs) excuse me point back now and say I knew about this Mm -hmm. but at the time I couldn't see it and even sometimes months and years outside of it they still get tugged back in by things like um, survivor guilt survivor Mm -hmm. shame and trauma bonds that those bonds do not allow them to break away because it means they would have to admit they weren't loved
1: and is is that why they don't tell somebody why do they not why do the victims not share or they're they're put into a mindset to keep it secretive or they don't even realize there's something to share sometimes
2: they don't realize there's something wrong because they're caught up in the moment and kind of get carried away in it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they don't want to let go of whatever's being fed emotionally, Mm -hmm. mentally, physically, even though there might be a little blip in their radar and they actually have that nagging. There's still, you know, Mm -hmm. if you look at Maslow's hierarchy, right, you look at those basic needs. If you go to the bottom of that pyramid and look at what's being met, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: That's that's where it starts, And then as a trafficker moves up that pyramid and starts to meet more of those needs, that's how they
3: isolate, Mm -hmm. Mm. is
2: by making sure that the victim is not having their needs met anywhere else and that they're controlling everything. Mm
3: -hmm. And
2: then it's, you know, I don't know if you've ever studied things like ground tying techniques with horses or chained elephant syndrome. Oh, yes. So we, we express it through the horses that um, a 1600 pound animal can be trained by having its lead rope tied to something. So they know when they pull on it, they can't move off. And eventually by dropping it to the ground with a weight and then doing those exercises and eventually just the weight under their chin of their lead line, it's called ground time. They won't move it's a 1600 pound animal the rope is attached to air but they're crippled from moving Mm -hmm. that is exactly what happens mentally to a survivor and there's a lot of reasons you know we're not talking about somebody that's nice like this is not Mr. Rogers neighborhood Mm -hmm. for those of you that are old enough to know what the heck I'm talking about Mm -hmm. it is a criminal It is somebody that does not care one iota for that person. They care about their money. And the whole issue is about money. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And the issue for the girl is control. So once they've lost control, like that horse has, like that elephant has that's been chained for years and now never escapes the circus, Mm -hmm. they're on a short leash. So, you know, people are like, why don't they run away? Why don't they...
3: Mm -hmm.
2: if they run away what are they going to say who's going to believe them um what has that person threatened to do to them if they Mm -hmm. run away Mm
3: -hmm. what
2: physical or emotional traumas have they or abuses have they already endured Mm
3: -hmm. what have they
2: seen what have they seen this person do to other people Mm -hmm. what is this person threatened to do to their family their friends Has this person threatened that if they're not going to be available to be bought and sold, that they're going to go get their little sister, Mm
3: -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: that they're going to go kill their dog, that they're never going to be able to escape this, that they're going to burn them, Yeah, or that they'll ruin them for life. Mm -hmm. And so we have to remember they're criminals. And so that level of trauma, trying to navigate it, the median age of recruitment is 13. Median is middle. Yeah. So you think of yourselves as a 13-year-old girl that's given your heart away talking to somebody in social media for almost two years, who finally shows up at the door and you start going out on dates or to parties, and they turn you out to work or do camera work or whatever they start you out in. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: How stupid do you feel? Mm -hmm. How likely would you be to admit it? Mm
3: -hmm. Would
2: you even be present in your mind to be able to do that? Because you don't have a fully functioning brain. I know the teens (laughs) I talk about this, they get so mad at me.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's so, it's so true, right? I I always want to teach, we teach kids at a young age about their brain, how it works. Now we're teaching the teen teens about their brain. It's so important. But I mean, I can see now how it's happening under parents' noses, right? But like, what should a parent look for? How, how involved should parents be in this, I guess, prevention? The day your kids are
2: born, start talking to them. Mm -hmm. start developing their self-esteem give them give them power and control in their life teach them how to test drive decisions by not shaming them don't hover and bully them into your ways of thinking without allowing them to develop their own internal processes to be able to evaluate and speak to things even if you don't like it keep the communication open if it's past that stage you're going to have to recoup it and it's not going to be easy you give somebody territory and try to take it back it's hard yeah. and very often what parents do is they're not attending parents thinking everything's okay and at 16 they have a kid that starts to rebel go to parties they're drinking doing some drugs mm-hmm. they're exploring don't freak out but open the lines of communication to let them talk about their world. Their world is so different from yours.
3: Yes. And you
2: can't think because you watch in, you know three, three in the past, three versions of Shameless are now like whatever the newest thing is to watch, and think you know about their world. Let them tell you.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Ask them to show you how to navigate on your phone. Ask them to show you what they've learned about apps. Ask them how to help their younger sibling with being safe. Ask them what they know about things. Ask them what teams, shut up and stop preaching at your kids and start getting them to talk.
3: Mm-hmm. Because
2: believe me, that's what a trafficker does. Hallelujah.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely, you're, you're spot on there. And you know what you said about helping, well, not even helping, but ensuring that their self-esteem is intact will lead to them knowing their confidence is up high which leads them to believing in themselves and what we don't see is that this world is rapidly changing yeah and as parents of kids it it doesn't start at 16 it mm-hmm. starts much earlier right like you're talking early eight nine ten um and we then, know when kids are in vitro in the womb they can hear our voices
2: I why got, are we yeah. talking to them
0: yes exactly start speaking those positive things over yeah them. and these social um th- these social pressures start so early yep. and the conversations start much earlier than we had with our parents if we were if we had that opportunity and it, a lot of it is what you're saying is quite preventative right well
2: and it, if we don't get in front of this we're just you know the tail trying to wag the dog we might as well go home just hand it hand it over and don't forget i want you to ask me about buyers okay yes don't don't skip over this is yes a- because so continue on with what you were saying about the kids, and it should the confidence should lead us to support their ability to consent.
3: Mm-hmm. And That's then, beautifully said, them,
2: they they're gonna have to learn the consequences of consent.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, you let somebody kiss you, you could get mouth herpes. Sorry, but it's a real deal. Okay. <laughs> like. Yeah. You know, and it's probably a lot better dealing with that with your kids than like genital warts. I don't know. This is a really bad conversation for some people. But it's, it's all in little increments. Yeah. And so this is the number one thing that parents need to not vilify. Mm. Because this needs to be the lifeline but I want parents that are listening to understand that you are legally responsible for any content on a phone that any minor has because it's in your name. Mm -hmm. So if there's pornographic material, child porn, CSAM, any of that stuff Mm -hmm. circulating on that phone, that parent can be charged because it's their phone. Does that not change the conversation with your kids a little
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely could you not
2: say to your kids is that it don't do this just say look I just want you to know I trust you with this phone and Mm -hmm. I'm giving it to you first and foremost so I have connection with you and I'm not going to tell you everything to do on it but I can tell you that I am responsible legally if any of this stuff shows up within your phone and I could go to jail for it Mm -hmm. so if you can make a commitment to me to do your best to not engage in this. You know, one in four kids receives sexting material yeah. before they're 12 years old. One in four. I think I shared this data with one of our friends, Ron. You know, he's a cool cop from Peel, and he was shocked.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: But doesn't it change the conversation if a parent can say, look, I really need your help. I don't want to go to jail. I want you to have a phone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, your friends might push you, you might be tempted. Can you just talk to me about it and tell me how you're going to plan to deal with it? And I know you're not going to be perfect. You know, I know it's really difficult to be a teen and I'm going to try to listen and one of the things that we always did in our parenting and, you know, I worked with over 10,000 kids in our programs when we were Farm Town Canada on our farm.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And in those seasons, one of the things that I encouraged is if your kids tell you the truth, they shouldn't be punished for telling you the truth. Yeah. Yeah. There could be circumstantial punishment or repercussions from what they're telling you but you can't punish them for coming to you. You can't.
3: So there's, not, there's
2: natural consequences for a lot of things that they might disclose,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, and kicking it back to them and going, oh my goodness, you're involved in that. So what do you think we should do? Mm-hmm. Instead of, wow, <laughs> there's you're, there's- grounded. you're grounded. I shut off your phone for life. You have yeah. no TV, no Netflix. Oh, great. Where do you think they're going to go? Mm -hmm. they're going to get a pimp to give them a burner phone or a friend is going to let them use their internet like Mm
3: -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. yeah definitely I think and it goes back to our our conversation around the proactiveness and the reactiveness right and a lot of the times these reactive situations is what um, disables the trust and the communication that we have with our kids and doesn't serve those needs, right? That no. um, a buyer will, will look at and gain from, right? If you're
2: late to the table, go sit at another table with your kid,
3: mm-hmm. go
2: off topic, um, you know, deflect, get to something, build your common ground, make sure they know they're loved And you can't give them two hours of lectures and then at the end go, I'm doing this because I love you. Oh, shut up. They haven't listened from five minutes in.
1: Yeah, I I see this often. I'm sure you do too. Parents are hard on their kids we're hard on our kids we're scared it's, it's, of being crappy parents exactly but and I've explained this to my daughter too it's because these parents it's like we put this judgment our, on ourselves and it's our own unhealed stuff that keeps us reacting and reacting we're not confident reacting. exactly we're, not we're grounded we're not, we're not healed level. We're not yes. healed. No, yes. we we live with every
2: catchphrase, and next thing that comes up, that's the next new thing
1: to trigger to trigger is, us.
2: No, it's actually like our measuring stick of our success. Exactly. That's exactly like are, what. It are is. we cool? Do we fit in this? Do we have this vibe? Do we have a tribe? Do we have a crew? Are mm-hmm. we coached? Are we coaching others? Mm-hmm. Are we resilient? Are we mm-hmm. Intentional, are we in section, intersectional? Mm. Oh dear God, I just want to be myself.
3: <laughs> like
2: it's funny. I just wrote a chapter with some really cool friends. Shout out to Paula Moran and Victoria Craig. The book that's coming out is called Life Out Loud. Mm. And I wrote a chapter about how to be quiet, <laughs> how to hear myself, past my head chatter, how it. not to have to bully my way into a room to be heard with all these accolades and all these things.
3: -hmm. And how
2: to learn to be quiet and learn to internalize some stuff, know who I am as a mom and a wife and a grandma and a survivor and all of that. No, none of it. To know who Kelly is and be anchored in that. There's my foundation. And the two things that result out of that, and these should be your only goals happiness and fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not accolades, not more money, not better goals, not the mom of the year award. Because if you're operational and you can tell your own head chatter to be quiet, you can teach your kids how to do this
3: mm-hmm.
2: because their racing thoughts that bombard them because of what's going on chemically in their bodies as mm-hmm. teens is accelerated exponentially by media.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh. That's so
2: teaching I mean. your kids... How to find 30 seconds of quiet space can happen when you're with them and go, wow, you know what? I'm reading all this crap and I'm really worried about it, but I'm really thankful that you're my kid and I want you to know that you can come and talk to me and maybe I'm stupid and I don't know how to deal with the issue, but I need to listen to you and to teach your kids how to make noise or signal you when they need to, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: because believe me, traffickers are reading those cues. They see when they start posting out a bunch of crap that's telling people that they need some accolades or um, edification. They need somebody to boost them up, give them bigger words, or they're just lonely or isolated. So why aren't we seeing this in our kids? Well, and the other thing is, let's teach kids to do this for one another.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Because those are the friend circles that are going to push away the capacity for traffickers to access clusters of kids, because now, you know, if you look at the demographic of those that are pimping and trafficking,
3: mm-hmm. they're
2: 19 to 32, and they're not all male anymore. Oh. And they very often are using a female accomplice mm-hmm. or they're recruiting young people in malls and high schools.
1: Yes, and friends in high schools that are posing as, as girlfriends uh, and and so- Or just friends. If just friends. friends that like yes. come to a party mm-hmm.
2: but you can't be afraid of a party how many of us mm-hmm. wanted to go to a party want to wear that nice cool outfit
3: mm-hmm. you know
2: want to mm-hmm. wear makeup or whatever like and so one of the things that we've seen as a trend recently
3: mm-hmm. is
2: that traffickers are now targeting more uh racialized communities okay mm-hmm. Because parents or grandparents or aunties or uncles think this does not happen in Canada yes. or it's never going to happen to us. Cause we go to temple, we go to mosque, mm-hmm. we go to wherever we're yeah. part of this language group. Mm-hmm. And so they inadvertently give access to traffickers by thinking that their kids do not need prevention education
3: Mm. yes and And there's, there's,
2: and then if they're trafficked the hardest thing is finding resources to help those parents not to shame their kids
1: yes not to
2: blame canada
1: (laughs) yes and and there's a lot of a lot of newcomers right now in the south asian community yes who don't expect that these type of things happen in Canada. And it's that well, ignorance, that ignorance, that uh, you know, how do we educate? How do we educate people in, in right space, here? For so, example, yes. Yeah, so do tell you, us about your- you
2: too, do you two have any connection with with any other ethnic or language communities or religious okay. communities?
3: Um, worse, right? yeah. so of course
2: right what are they mm-hmm. tell mm-hmm. me what are they for you guys mm-hmm.
1: oh it's so many d- different uh, community temple communities yeah. uh, local communities uh the muslim, within the muslim community
0: there's so mm-hmm. many different muslim communities
1: exactly
0: um, south asian community the south asian community is huge cuz it Breaks down into so many different sectors. Mm -hmm. So, what we did is we looked at the census
2: information for the province of Ontario and we lined it up with the demographic that we were seeing of the new stream of young girls that were victims and what was happening. For me, you know, it's anecdotal data that nobody can kind of search, it's all the allies that I know looking Mm -hmm. at trends. So, we were identifying two things. The first is that more young girls from different ethnic, racial backgrounds, different experiences as either immigrants that are generational immigrants or newcomers,
3: mm-hmm.
2: or from another religious community outside to the Caucasian communities, that they were being targeted. Okay. And the reason they're targeted is because they, there is an additional measure of shame additional measure of shame for their families within those communities so working within muslim communities i have been on this in a serious fashion to the point where we um introduced ourselves almost in a demanding way to the canadian council of muslim women and said i'm not here to tell you what to do i'm here to give you everything i know about this and work together to disseminate this into community For you to take it and run with it. And that's what we're doing. So right now, we have almost completed uh, 130 awareness graphics with information into Arabic, Farsi, Urdu, Somali, and then French. Now, we're looking for languages that um, include Punjabi, Hindi... Yes, we've also included Ukrainian translation yeah. mm-hmm. and and Turkish and anybody that you know that can translate one hundred and thirty phrases into their language. I need them. Oh, just I, got, I will give you oh, the phrases. Oh, I got the perfect person.
3: Them.
1: So
2: <laughs> I, I also need Korean. Yeah, okay. I need Cantonese. Every language that is, I need Tagalog. Yes. Mm-hmm. Filipino. Yes. Mm-hmm. Filipino. Mm-hmm. My friends that make me fishball soup. Sorry. <laughs> it's always about food for me. <laughs> so if we take the awareness information, which is the prevention, mm-hmm. we've created a one pager. We're trying to get the government to bridge it into all our ESL and link places. English second language places. Any places a newcomer is going for support services, they can put this up on their screen. It's in their language. And it also talks about labor trafficking. Mm
3: -hmm. If
2: somebody, if they're having to give somebody money to get a job, if somebody else is keeping their passport or their stuff, if somebody is um, controlling their movements or their communication, In the one pager for newcomers, because the government's announced 350,000 people will be coming into our country before the end of December. Mm -hmm. None of them know that human trafficking is a thing and that this government, both provincially and federally have a mandate for public safety and human rights. Mm -hmm. And so on this one pager, we're just like, here's what could happen. If it happens to you, you need to know phoning the anonymous hotline that will talk to you in over 200 languages, the Canadian Center to End Human Trafficking, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: will not automatically deport you. And you can call for somebody else, and the call is anonymous. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: But to give them this information when they come into the country or when they've been here for a while Mm -hmm. and now they're kind of stretching their wings and they're taking ESL, and they're learning about job skills, and all this stuff in community. Let's take the scary stuff away and say this is your right to safety in Canada.
0: Mm -hmm. I wonder if um, with the influx of refugees, right? So like Ukrainian refugees. They're not
2: refugees. They're Mm -hmm. actually not identified as refugees. So we really need to understand this. They're coming in under work visas, temporary work permits. Mm. They do not have refugee status, they have Mm -hmm. less rights. Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: It's we really did a deep dive on this. Sorry to cut Mm -hmm. you, but it's really important. This language is important because they're not allowed to be refugees. They have a 12-month work permit. Yeah. They have to find work, they have to find housing.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And many of them right now are being forced to move consistently. I'm working with two women and three kids Mm -hmm. and they, and they were part of the first in part of the first series in, and their experience was horrific and they're forced to move every couple months because the only place that allow them to live anywhere is Airbnb and they're charging them exorbitant amounts of money. It's
1: an arm and a leg. It's an arm and a leg. Mm -hmm. Yes. So yes, we do,
2: we do have to put the information out, but who's mm-hmm. gonna carry it? So mm-hmm. for, so which communities would you identify in with language or religion? Do you guys feel comfortable just sharing? And then I'm yes. gonna challenge you.
1: Absolutely, so Hindi Punjabi communities for me, like Punjabi um, communities for me.
0: Now mine is uh, Muslim communities, Gujarati speaking. Okay so
2: here's the challenge so how am I going to get this stuff into your hands for you to find people in the community to start the conversations Mm -hmm. and the other part is how are we going to find those that are trafficking trauma informed that can offer support across Canada Mm -hmm. to somebody that has this happen to them in a language that allows them to include their family and part of the healing So if anybody's registered with a Ph.D. and does trauma work, you need to register with the Canadian Centre to end human trafficking as a support. And they pinpoint you. Mm -hmm. And then if somebody calls in, they can refer somebody to you. The vetting process is fairly simple. Mm -hmm. How do we close the gap? So every time we find a gap or a deficit where we're finding more things happening, like right now, we know that there was an um there's a lot of activity in northern Alberta up in the oil rigs in the main camps and who was being affected were young Punjabi and Sikh community children and youth women and girls it starts out as labor trafficking and it can move Mm -hmm. into anything and nobody even realizes it till it's happening so how do we put the prevention information into the hands of the community mm-hmm. so we're doing a bunch of things the first is it's called project interclusion
3: mm-hmm. it
2: is our statement july 30th for project maple leaf which is un Day Den trafficking in persons we're going to ask you guys to hold signs add your logos add your brand do mm-hmm. a hackathon hashtag it out and just make this go viral not only in English and French language speaking communities, but in communities in Canada that are different language speaking, are other religious institutions. We're taking this to the mosques.
3: Mm -hmm. We're
2: asking the imams, please educate your people. Here's the training. So we're training right now, directors from the Canadian Council of Muslim Women Mm -hmm. and anyone else that wants to take the training in their language, with culturally sensitive imag- um, graphics and information we're training you mm-hmm. and we're training you to go train others in your communities to go to your parents school councils to run a town hall meeting to talk to how oh, i always say it wrong goduarda did I say it right?
1: Good. The Godwaras. Yeah. There you go. Okay. I just
2: should say Golden Temple, right? <laughs> <laughs> Kelly is not good at making her mouth go a different way than Irish <laughs> or food. So, there, into the mosque, into language schools. Mm-hmm. Okay. Start the conversation. We're not man shaming, but we're saying to men and boys guess what? This is happening uh, historically, it's happening to women and girls. Um, I think over 95% of all trafficking in Canada is identified as women and girls. Okay. Um, and 68% is 24 years of age and under. Mm. So to look at men and say, what are you doing in your behavior that could be driving demand? We'll know that this could be it. So could you stop? And could you have conversations with other men to protect women and girls in your community?
1: Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about the buyers, because I mean, there's a demand. There is a demand. So let's talk about who are these buyers? Are they the typical perverts that we think about? No, you said they're criminals and they're very well trained criminals. So uh, no, know the, the pimps are criminals and they're very well trained criminals. Buyers are criminals because the, actually in the criminal code in Canada, it is against the law
2: to buy somebody in an act of commercialized sex so everybody buying anybody mm-hmm. for sex should be arrested under the criminal code when's mm-hmm. the last time you've seen that on the front page of your
1: paper exactly and what how are the police involved like what kind of actions are there are they taking because the way we met is through, through uh, when you came to Oakville to speak to our community and our a uh, police officer, chief of police, brought you in. So, tell us about how is the police involved, and what can be done to educate these buyers on their behavior.
2: Well, first of all, I just like to say if somebody has something going on in their life that's causing them to struggle with any type of addicted behavior or um, harmful behavior to them that's affecting their relationships, their ability to work, their mental health that has to do with sex buying or porn or child porn or just a myriad or any of their fetishes, any of those things, we actually have a list of supports across Canada that you can anonymously get some help for yourself because we know that this just doesn't affect the person. It can also affect their family, their partner, if they get caught and their name's put in the paper, it affects their kids.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, we've had horrific instances, you know, so I think we should name buyers when they're repeat offenders, but there all should, should be some capacity for them to heal and move away from this by understanding what their actions and activities are doing to harm women and girls, especially those that are pulled into sex industry as trafficked.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Most of the buyers that we have had conversations with our girls about knew they were underaged. Okay. New. The other thing is the demographic, um, the last set of stats we have on this demographic is over 60% of all buyers are Caucasian male.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: They are married or grandparents or married and grandparents. Mm-hmm. They are college, university educated or have a trade. They can be entrepreneurs and business owners. They could be in agriculture and landowners, capital venture, capital venturers, like whatever. Mm-hmm. They are established privileged people and they have a low median income of 75 to 150K. And yet the pictures that we continue to see in our media yeah. that are highly racialized yes and so we can ask the question who aren't the caucasian buyers and we would probably find they're non-caucasian but they're still from um, a community with privilege because Mm -hmm. there's no way they could afford to buy sex exactly so we need to change the conversations and for me i want to know who's buying our children Mm-hmm. Because the highest demographic is those 24 and under. And of those 24 and under, the majority that are 24 now, mm-hmm. this started for them when they were minors. Mm-hmm. So how do we pull this back?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So I start to think about who are the secondary, the tertiary, the quadri victims of this crime?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm
2: it's not just the pimps. If they didn't have a buyer's market, what would happen? Everybody has their ideas. Oh, decriminalize it, criminalize it, use the Nordic model, Mm -hmm. legalize it. But at the end of the day, I just say, stop buying girls and boys or children. That's, that's my area that I'm working in. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: So I'm not going to be quiet about it. I know that kids don't know how to protect themselves. It's our job. We are the gatekeepers
1: and we are failing our kids. Mm -hmm. uh, Absolutely. Tell us about your rescues. Some of the girls. No, I don't rescue anybody.
2: That's what the police and firefighters do. So just to get our language straight, because. There's all this conflation about survivors think they're gonna rescue and they're the heroes. No, Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: the sheroes that I work with are those that make the decision by volition or agency that Mm -hmm. they are going to exit. And if you take the training, you can see four or five scenarios of why somebody uh, gets into a position to make exiting one of their choices. And one of them is to have a support person that's willing to assist them. Mm -hmm. There's stages of exiting. The first six months are known as chaos. And believe me, they are, you gotta put your seatbelt on. But when someone is found that they're entrenched in this and they've been victimized, helping them to make the decision to exit and and, self-direct and give them the tools to then start their journey to self-direct. Because you've Mm -hmm. got to remember they've been controlled. I've had girls that have gone in after um, we've been able to support them, give them some say, and and don't ask anybody to exit Mm
3: -hmm. or step
2: away unless you meet every need, every checkbox. So if you don't have safe housing, if you can't pay for her groceries, if you don't have new clothes for her, If you can't help, you know, if she's entrenched with children's aid and has a kid, Mm -hmm. if, you know, whatever, if you can't meet those needs, if you don't have your ducks lined up, you, you do not
1: earn the right to journey with them. Mm -hmm. How do you find, how do you find the the girls who, who want to exit? So sometimes when you first meet them,
2: they don't want to, and you build relationship. Mm
3: -hmm. So
2: even working with the police, you know. They might have like a 17 year old who is really struggling with addiction and is incoherent. So they take them into the hospital and they'll suction them and somebody will, you know, give them um, some medication to sedate them and they could come to and they're still not ready. It's how you treat them in those moments that they're going to remember for when it gets really rough and they start and, you know. When you take our training, you also see there's a whole series of scenarios
3: mm-hmm.
2: as to why they might consider. Um, they could be thinking they're going to go to jail. They're going to die. Yeah. Their pet's going to die. A family member is ill. This isn't working. They're tired of the abuse. Their kids are being controlled. Like There's all these reasons mm-hmm. that are set for them to start considering, okay, maybe this isn't working.
3: hmm Mm-hmm. And
2: then just having that secure person outside could be a police officer, a support person, somebody from victim services, a teacher, a counselor, a family friend that's trusted,
3: mm-hmm.
2: that they just know that if they kind of make a move towards it, that that person is going to support them mm-hmm. and, and really help them think it through. Because at those points, mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at um, the behavioral, behavioral and cognitive barriers to exiting at first um one of the things are they can't meet their own basic needs they might not know how to do laundry or how to budget or buy groceries or pay rent or have a bank account or drive a car or Mm. or like never mind oh we're going to grab her out and throw her somewhere sing kumbaya and stick her back in school Mm -hmm. like you have to start thinking about really what is the plan that they're going to be able to anchor in so the Mm -hmm. first is do you want to be safe today Mm -hmm. that's as far as it goes and you can't go past there because trauma brain has them operating in catastrophizing it has them operating in uh, you know there there are three Um, modus operandi as to how we react according to the psychiatric journals it's fight or flight and then with trauma you add freeze Freeze. with human trafficking you then add fawning Mm -hmm. if you don't understand that you can't work with a survivor Mm
3: -hmm. because
2: you're going to harm them and the pimps right you weren't able to help so they're going to go back mm. and sometimes it can take up to 18 attempts to exit anyways in and out back and forth yo-yoing gradual process initial process back to chaos reacting again mm-hmm.
1: and, and these these girls at this time of exiting are they still living with their parents or their families sometimes sometimes
2: so and this is why person-centric care is important it's again it's a social work Mm -hmm. catchphrase but Mm -hmm. not a lot of people are doing person-centric work we are still looking at them like cookie cutters and this is our approach but you can't you literally have to do a deep dive because there are two full pages of additional trauma responses to someone Mm -hmm. ht Mm -hmm. and sexual exploitation that go past and beyond gender-based violence sexual violence domestic violence so they have all of those trauma indicators and then a full two more pages Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and so if we don't come at it with this approach Mm -hmm. if we don't understand entrenchment and the systems theories that we need to operate through about Mm -hmm. what they've experienced Mm -hmm. and their um I think the most important thing in any work that anybody's doing with young people is understanding capacity. Mm -hmm. Because they might talk a good game and sound like they're cognizant and their behavior's up to par, but you have to understand they have been with a rote script in their mind and told what to do, how to say it, and their level of people-pleasing through fawning is something that counselors have never experienced. I've had counselors I work with go, she's really progressing well, isn't she? She says I'm her favorite worker. And I'm on the call with a girl and I'm like, are you gonna tell them you're finessing them? Mm
1: -hmm. What Mm -hmm. are you
2: trying to get? (laughs) Mm -hmm. You're just trying to get
1: another 50 bucks on your check? Like, just tell Mm -hmm. them. Yeah, but I feel like they they might not even know because it's just their way of operation, right? Mm The
2: girls don't know they're in it. So I had a young girl I was working with last week. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a high profile court case, so I really can't talk about it directly. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you that after a year of care and working on things and her thinking that everything was good and she'd done the groundwork, it just took one conversation with somebody to have her completely emotionally deregulate and act like she was eight years old. And so what we saw in the present freaked everybody else out in the room, Mm -hmm. but I was waiting for it. And it was pounding her elbows and yelling at people in authority. It was kicking her feet and crossing her arms and going,
3: (sighs) like she was
2: eight.
1: Limbic brain is always going to win, right?
2: So Mm -hmm. we saw it. And so I'm not addressing her like she's 17 now. I can't Mm -hmm. I will not help snap trauma brain back into her present self Mm -hmm. so addressing it in a way that I think shocks some people in the room but I didn't care it was about her Mm -hmm. what was stop it
3: Mm -hmm.
2: you're hurting you're hurting yourself slow your mind down right now look me in the face tell me tell me what's there right now tell me I'm frustrated. Good. Good language skills. Mm-hmm. And then to deal what was frustrating her, I had to deal with it at the level it was presenting. So if she's presenting frustration like she's eight, limited choice. Mm-hmm. This or this. No complex thinking, mm-hmm. no empathetic. Oh, I hear you. You should just expect, wow, don't drive that bus off the cliff.
3: Mm-hmm
2: but how do you help her stop the head chatter so we start talking to it and Mm -hmm. we say things like are you spinning are your thoughts really fast in your head right now good okay they are so pick one pick one and then we're gonna sit and stop the rest Mm -hmm. and we do this work with horses Mm-hmm. And if we've done the work in the barn and we've done the work with art and we've done the work through talk therapy, I call it sushi therapy because we go out to eat a lot and we drive around mindlessly. You know, mm-hmm. how many of you as parents drive around in your car, you know, you've got a captive audience with your kids.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Use the time is valuable. I do with survivors. Mm-hmm. So I sow seeds when we're going to be doing this in the future you know, your brain is going to try to blah. So now I have a young woman that after it's now 18 months
3: mm-hmm. can
2: say to me when she's going, excuse, excuse the language, bat shit crazy. Mm-hmm. And I look at her and I go, and she goes, I'm emotionally deregulated, aren't I?
3: <laughs> and she's owning it. But yeah. I
2: couldn't have said that to her even six months ago, because it would have been highly offensive Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and re-victimize her to tell her she's broken. Absolutely. She's not. It's her experience. Mm -hmm. And her brain is actually doing this because it was a protection mechanism originally. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't need the protection anymore, or maybe she does from counselors that don't understand her, those that put her into group before she should be there Mm -hmm. those that think she should be a survivor telling her story before she has at least five years of anchored healing just so they can get their research project do a movie or have a survivor speaking for their agency Mm -hmm. nope they they deserve the right to heal the best way they can and if we are not approaching this if we're just throwing them into and and God bless the violence against women shelters and the sexual assault centers because they were um, they were made responsible for the solutions to this because it's the only place the province had the pre existing relationships to dump the money mm-hmm. and so now they're a catch basin for every type of women's and girls issues. Mm-hmm. But do we really believe a 16-year-old belongs in a shelter that is not getting person-centric care by a trauma expert 24-7 while they start their exiting journey to heal?
1: Mm-hmm. We
2: owe them. We have failed them. And so I am like, stop giving money to people for prevention. Stop giving money to people for awareness. We can do this for free. Look what mm-hmm. we're doing. Mm-hmm. Courage for Freedom with Project Interclusion. It's free. We're giving these gifts back to the community and the government to empower ourselves. Mm-hmm. But where the money needs to be spent is creating safe spaces that are unilaterally available, mm-hmm. not um, not program-centric, linked into everything else.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: They mm-hmm. need to be specific for HT and se exploited survivors recovery and reintegration back into community so we need tiers of housing and you shouldn't have more than three to five in a house Mm. and the trauma care needs to be 24 7 because it's at five o'clock in the morning that somebody has melted Mm. or three o'clock when somebody has bad sleep cycles or it's at four o'clock in the morning that somebody that has stomach issues over their trauma needs to eat and cook Mm -hmm. you just have to do it different and so we're making a lot of demands and we're asking people in the community you know there's a lot of people out there doing the education most of you can do it for free Mm -hmm. but those especially the survivor allies that we work with You know, don't just give to an organization that say, we do this in community and we're helping do all this stuff and we're advocating and we're partnering and we do this. Can you get the money to somebody that's actually frontline supporting victims? Mm -hmm. They're paying for the gas to drive them to court. They are giving up everything they can to buy them groceries. They're paying their rent when they're going to get evicted. They're paying for the hotels when they need it. They're paying for their diapers when their kids need it. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And we don't need the money just going to justice. We know how to police this. Mm -hmm. There's human Mm -hmm. trafficking units that know how to do this, but we can't make the commitment to keep policing this, telling people we're going to get you out. There's an exit strategy and there's nowhere for you to go. Mm -hmm. You read the articles in the paper about children's aid communities that they get the call on human trafficking survivors and they have to put them in a hotel? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Sorry, I get really angry about this.
0: Yeah, so no, we- and I think we can hear your passion in it and um, the importance of us as community members getting involved. And I know that all of our listeners will want to get involved. How can we get involved in this mission, where can people find you?
2: Yeah, so here's the deal.
0: Don't try to recreate
2: the wheel. I'm telling everybody, don't go off and start something new. Go and tent make. Support what somebody's doing that you know mm-hmm. is having impact that interests you. So mm-hmm. if you like that I have a loud mouth and we try to train, change legislation, we want to empower all communities to do their work, but we also are boots on the ground front line, so we still mm-hmm. have... You know, I'm not telling my survivor story. When you guys talk to me initially, I don't want to share my past. Mm -hmm. It's dinosaur days. I need to share what's happening right now because our response needs to be for right now. Mm -hmm. So right now, I have girls and I don't have funds to care for them. And we just put more, sorry, I'm going to cry. We put more water in the soup, Mm -hmm. (laughs) literally, in how we deal with stuff. There can be victim support money through victim services. Girls might not be ready to disclose. So what do I say? Don't eat for four weeks. Mm -hmm. Every girl we support in exiting or help work with their family, we either throw out or burn all their bras and underwear. It might Mm -hmm. seem silly. And believe me, I'm not taking your donations on it. Mm -hmm. I want you to give me gift cards to Walmart. So I can take her and she can buy stuff that she wants to wear that's never been worn by another person that she had to work with. Mm
3: -hmm. That
2: she is not wearing any undergarments that she ever had to wear when she was being bought and sold. Mm -hmm. It might sound silly, but you know what it also does? It allows our volunteers and people working in direct services with these girls to build relationship. Do you remember what I said? One secure, safe adult.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And Sometimes it's a worker when we start. Yeah. And then we help them to find their community.
3: Mm-hmm. We help
2: them to find other women and girls that are safe in community.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Then we do start, you read our book. Mm-hmm. Those girls that wrote in our book were 16 and couldn't get English language credits. So that's the reason we wrote it it went number one bestseller can i tell you that both of those girls are doing well one's an incredible mom figuring out her way i helped deliver the story that Mm -hmm. hope came in the face of a child read that chapter and the other young girl just finished her first round in college Mm -hmm. and has her first job so there are the stories but I am now seven years deep in relationship with them as a peer, mm-hmm. not a paid staff. I don't get paid for what I do.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm paying it forward. It's a terrible financial plan for anybody <laughs> in charity. Mm-hmm. But I have a family that supports the work I do. And for now, until I have to assimilate and hire somebody to replace me before I leave this earth, I am going to sew in. So I'd ask people, do you have a gas card? Because mm-hmm. I put 240,000 kilometers driving across this province last year to get girls to where they needed to be, to be safe, to be away, to go home, to go to court, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And can you send Walmart cards? And if you really want to be daring and you, can, and you can use a tax receiptable income tax thing at the end of the year, write a check a big fat one, and help me to be able to go out and do the work without worrying what the bookkeeper is going to say to me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to stress about this. I don't want to have to. And you know, the government can't do it all. So yeah. please don't say, well, the government put out all this money. Let me tell you, by the time the government announces it, it's usually allocated somewhere else. And I've helped a lot of other people get these funds. Mm-hmm. I am not completely government funded so i can still speak to the government and work with them Mm -hmm. because they want to do work too so women you know what never mind michael kors or coach never mind that you need the newest ombre reverse ombre or whatever who cares what your hair looks like this summer put it in a ponytail you're wearing a sun hat anyways take that money and kick it in and if you're really brave do a fundraiser for us in the community, heavy on the fun. Mm. Do something fun. Mm. And the last thing, connect to our socials and mirror out everything we're communicating to make a big noise. Yeah. Because the more we talk about this, the less stigma there is, the less of a capacity for buyers to operate under the radar, for pimps to consider that this is a great vocation.
1: Mm-hmm. And and your and your socials just for our listeners, um, share them, share them please with us.
2: So if uh, we have a new web page that's just been finalized by survivors, it's mm-hmm. courageforfreedom.org. So okay, the last fifteen days it launches, and then there's courage. Courage for freedom is on Instagram. Courage for freedom is on Twitter. Courage for freedom is on LinkedIn, and also connect to me because sometimes you know, trauma brain. I'm a little scrambled, older, scrambled, a little <laughs> busy.
1: Looking great.
2: But I also am on all the socials and Facebook at Kelly Talon Franklin. Okay. So you can hook up with me and we can make some noise. If I can get you any materials, if you want to take this and run with it, if you, if you want to be the ambassador into your ethnic or religious community, If you want to take this into your um, councils, let me tell you, we did Memorandum 166. Thank you to all the survivors that went ahead and prepared the way, including Cassandra Diamond, Bridges North, the Ontario Survivors uh, Network table Mm -hmm. that made our board, uh, our Minister of Education say yes, as the first province to put in teacher training and age appropriate training. It's there. But did you hear what I said? If we're just training the kids and we're not changing, uh, training the adults, yes. it's like taking them to the intersection of a crosswalk and shoving them into traffic. Cause we didn't handhold and walk across with them first. So I love this councils, parent councils, yeah. just call me. I will give you 519-615-2292. My staff's going to go crazy.
3: Mm-hmm. office
2: at courageforfreedom.org what can i put in your hands that you can knock it out of the park in your community because mm-hmm. the ambassadors that need to step up are those that are going to make sure we eradicate
1: this mm-hmm. absolutely i love this kelly you are you're inspirational i mean <laughs> your your initiatives, the research, the knowledge, the the programs that you're providing, the support that you're providing to not only help these victims, but also to inspire everyone else to want to eradicate this issue because we hear about it, but who's really taking action? So with you increasing our knowledge, raising awareness and really advancing these efforts to combat this issue once and for all. I mean, it, and I love what you said. It all starts with building our children's self-worth in childhood at home. <laughs> yep.
2: And know that if there's kids that aren't in homes that can do that,
3: mm-hmm.
2: we're community responsible to do that. Mm-hmm build other kids build your friends kids Mm -hmm. build up your community kids Mm -hmm. we are responsible we're the gatekeepers we failed but we get another kick at it Mm -hmm. so I can't wait to see what the pushback that's positive will be from this Mm -hmm. and I'm going to challenge you and hold you to this stuff I need somebody that can translate into Punjabi I need somebody also that can translate into Hindi. They're my gaps right now. We make I'm it fun. I'm, I've got that for you. Don't
1: worry about that. <laughs> I've got that for I'll you. I'll tell my team.
2: I actually have 10 students this summer mm-hmm. and I have survivors working with us this summer. And we have four weeks left to do everything we need to for the full year because we don't pay somebody for mm-hmm. media and marketing. So if you want to do that stuff, for, like there are so many areas you could volunteer in Mm -hmm. you can help but the biggest thing is right now there's two dates of the year that you should put on your calendar Mm -hmm. february 22nd is national awareness day for canada and we lobbied to make sure that day was enacted in canada Mm -hmm. so make sure you're connected to us for project maple leaf on that day Mm -hmm. hashtag out we make a big scary noise and then again july 30th which is UN day to end trafficking in persons and project interclusion is what's going to be messaged. So this year for the first time, and I told you, I have a surprise too that I will get to announce that you can backdoor in through your socials. Love it. So more to come. You guys are doing it and women like you that are allowing your platform and your voices to collaborate for us to be able to share the message and there's hope there Mm -hmm. is so much hope i've told some stories that are difficult but i have just as many stories Mm -hmm. of how working with us working with any frontline support worker that's putting all their resources into the victim survivors and not Mm -hmm. multiple layers of salaries that are not needed
3: Mm
1: -hmm. and 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 and, the girls I, i i i just I love that you're not getting tired, Kelly. Yeah. I mean, t- it is—it has got to be the most tiring, uh, the most tiring initiative. But I like what you wrote in the book that you gave me, and you said, "To send you on a mission to protect girls, never get tired.
2: Never wow. get tired.
1: That's beautiful. So, That's you think
2: true. of how tired the girls are." Mm.
1: Absolutely. So thank you, Kelly, for sharing this. And I know it's, it's, it's like a dark topic, but you're bringing so much light to it for all of us. And we appreciate you. We love your honesty. We love your vulnerability and your, your passion Mm -hmm. for this purpose. So thank you so, so much. And we honor you and the work you're doing Thank you. It's all of us. We mm-hmm. all care. We all have a role to play.
2: Yes. You know, I say there's people on page one on the issue. There's people on page 250.
1: Yes. If
2: we can just give everybody a role in here,
3: mm-hmm.
2: we'll be the dog wagging the tail again.
0: Yeah.
2: That's good. So I am going to send you your signs and expect to see your following to knock it out of the park love it
1: love it thank you so much much. thank you for being here and we appreciate you and thank you to our listeners for listening we will be doing a giveaway on this amazing book courage for freedom please follow kelly talon franklin on social we will put all the information in the show notes and please refer to our show notes to get all the resources you need to take initiative to help with these projects so thank please you. follow women
2: that are bringing you issues make sure you friend up get their followers up women that are doing good work like this we need mm. to support them
1: yeah for sure absolutely thank you so much yeah. again and thank you to our listeners and we will speak to you again next week take care bye Thank you for joining us on the I Am Mom Parenting Journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and head on over to iTunes to leave us a review.
0: We invite you to check out the show notes for this episode and click on the link to join our free Facebook community to stay connected and continue the conversation with other like-minded
1: moms. Until next time, stay inspired, take action, and create magic.